0: hello and happy good friday i guess maybe we're good friday edition of the mike and mike podcast uh, welcome in we appreciate the fact that you're here appreciate you joining in with us and with us always uh from the beautiful city of somerset kentucky is my good friend michael ray michael has everything down in somerset this morning
1: Good morning my friend. Uh my my nana would have said it was blackberry winter. That's that's what I think <laughs> that is the uh that's the colloquial term for what we got going on. It's cold, man. It's cold down here.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what blackberry winter means, but um it looked that cold. up. It's
1: a good one. It's a good <laughs> one to have. You north of the you north of the river people wouldn't know that. It would be a good one, good thing for you to know to to be able to uh, communicate with my people.
0: Yeah, I I I'm for that. Um, where I'm from, it's cold as a gold digger's hind end in the Yukon. That's um, that's the yeah, I
1: Familiar with that. <laughs> i familiar with that in some derivatives. Of <laughs>
0: derivatives of it. <laughs> uh, as we've been uh, going on here, uh, you know, we, we've been through this study um, so far. For those of you that have joined along with us, um, for those of you that are brand new um, to the podcast and you've somehow stumbled on. Um, I don't know how you got here, but I'm glad you're here. We have been going through the Old Testament, uh, well, really the whole Bible, but we, st- we started in the Old Testament of looking at um, different examples of Bible characters at work. What they did for a living and some lessons that, that we can learn from what they did for a living. Um, give our, our standard disclosure here. We understand that these sh- these stories, these accounts, these historical representations are there for spiritual purposes, no doubt. What we're trying to do is is dig a little bit deeper than that and find some workplace stuff that makes sense. Find some lessons that you and I can take back into the workplace that makes us better, right? We understand that the reason why certain principles work is because they're biblical, godly principles. That's why they work, because he's the one that designed us. So, why not take those principles and, and apply them? And, and there are things, as, as we've talked about so far, um, I think that become apparent as we read these stories, just looking at it from a different perspective than we normally do. Um, and so, we've been kind of, for some reason, working our way backwards. We, we, we started uh, with Joseph and then went forward a little bit, and then now have worked our way backwards. And we find ourselves this morning in Genesis chapter 11. And in Genesis chapter 11 is the story that, that many of you may be familiar with, maybe you haven't, uh, but it's the Tower of Babel. Um, so Michael, tell us about the Tower of Babel and what in the world is going on here. The,
1: the Tower of Babel is is a is a very interesting study, and I, and I hope that that those who uh, take this journey with us today will will agree with that. I, for 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 many of us, it is it's a story that we are vaguely familiar with. Uh, we 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 kind of know the the concept. We're certainly familiar with the term, um, and it's it's almost this like um, I don't know slapstick idea. You know, it's it's almost comedic. God God came down and. Jumbled up the languages and called it Babel, and it all fits so well together. You know, we, 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 um, but there, there's some, there, there's some pretty deep, dark, uh, parts of the human heart here in Genesis chapter 11. And, uh, and I think there's some, some really interesting lessons for us as well. So just, just as a little table setting, um, you know, we are, we're, we're probably only a couple of generations away from Noah in, in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 10 is this. Um, depending on your level of geekdom is either this really boring chapter of the the generations after Noah, or it is this extraordinarily fascinating chapter about where everyone on earth comes from. Literally. Um, I am just far enough on the geek scale that I'm, I'm pretty high on Genesis chapter 10, but you, you kind of have to look at it as Genesis chapter 10 gives the big picture. And then we really back up in Genesis chapter 11, almost um, back all the way all the way to Noah. And um, if you you know, when did the Tower of Babel actually happen? can we can we date it? Um, I don't know that we can specifically from from the text, um, but but it's it's kind of traditionally only again, a couple of generations removed from the flood, a couple of generations from Noah. I mean, Josephus uh, indicated that that kind of the ringleader of this, Uh, organization of the building of Babel was Nimrod and and you can read in in Genesis chapter 10 that he was either the the grandson of the great-grandson of Noah and so again in context we're very close to the flood and we know that we know that the Lord um in 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 the flood uh, that that kind of metaphorically and literally cleansed the the earth of evil and what what kind of what we learn and Genesis chapter 11 is it doesn't take humankind long to relearn some of those bad lessons um, and I think that that's that's kind of interesting uh, but the, but the reason that that I think there's a business uh, angle here is because of some of just the core principles of what is actually happening in in the account and so Mike if you'll allow me I'll, I'll actually read this one I uh, you know we, we haven't typically done this but this is a pretty short account maybe some uh, folks aren't as familiar with it so um, just just chapter 11, let's just read a few verses. Um, starting verse 1, the whole, the whole earth had one language, and they used the same words. By the way, you would expect that. These are all relatively close descendants of Noah. It would, it would make sense at this point. We're all in the same language. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. So let's stop there for just a minute. That, that plain in the land of Shinar is... Uh, Pretty clearly from from Bible history is where we're talking about Babylon, modern day Babylon. And and, you know, you go all the way to the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation and Babylon is the mother of harlots. And so this this is this place is synonymous with evil arrogance and uh, uh, rebellion against God, literally from the beginning of the Bible to the end. Verse three. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in heaven. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose now will be impossible. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they may not understand one another's speech. And so the Lord dispersed them from there all over the face of the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel because the Lord confused the language of the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them all over the face of the earth." So that's that's, uh, that's, that's a little more than given the context. That's literally the text of, of, uh, of the story. And so where I'd like to start and get your feedback here, Mike, and the reason that I believe that this is a, there are some business principles here this really starts with an, an innovation, uh, at least in my mind. It starts in, in verse three with this innovation of making brick. And we don't know how, what what construction was like here in just, you know, just barely past the flood. But this, this uh, innovation of being able to bake brick until it was suitable for construction was a pretty significant Innovation, you know, it allowed in a, in a land or in an area that didn't have natural stone and, um, the cutting of stone was a tedious task. It allowed you to create building materials where you could think about such a thing as building a tower to heaven. And so that's, that is a, that is a construction innovation. I dare say it's a business innovation. And, uh, and so, you know, what, what do we, what do we learn from that? Um, you know, be careful with innovation, you know, what, 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 did? It, what did it, this was a disruptive technology, if you want to put it in today's terms, um, and so, you know, I think, I think that's kind of the place to start.
0: Yeah, and we, yeah, we would call it a, a disruptor today, um, a, a very quick sidebar, um, here, um, as you were reading this, and as, as I'm kind of thinking about a few things, um, I, I hope we're not, uh, jinxing your current progress since you just finished a construction progress and we're talking about God coming down and destroying construction processes.
1: Um, Listen, you don't think I've already thought about that, you don't know the depth of my paranoia. Yeah, that,
0: I've been there, man. <laughs> uh, but, but here we have, we have, you know, the dis- disruptive technology. So a couple of things I want to say about this. One, there's nothing wrong with the disruptive technology in and of itself. Right. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to do that. We want to blame the tech or blame the innovation or blame the creative process. Um, that, that when things go bad, it's, it's always we, we want a scapegoat. And I think that's a natural part of, of, of business and life is that we want somebody that has to be at blame for this. But at the end of the day, it wasn't the, the tech that was the problem, the tech was fabulous. Um, it's, it's their intent and what they did with it. that That's where things became problematic. Um, a couple of background notes about, about Shinar here too in Babylon. So for, for those of you, again, if you haven't learned how the, the depth of our nerddom on this thing, then you obviously haven't been with us very long. Uh, but if you're a, a, a history, especially a biblical history, Babylon at its peak um, was one of the seven great Wonders of the old world, right? Um, this is, by all accounts, by all history, you know, at, at its heyday, the most beautiful place on the planet. I mean, I, I just kind of want to put that picture in your mind. Like, this is where you guys are. And throughout all of biblical history, it's always the most beautiful place on the planet until it gets, you know, completely wiped out. And, um, you know, and now it's, you know, a, just another place in the sandbox. But you know, for long, you know, thousands and thousands thousands of years, this is the most beautiful place on earth. That's where there's a reason why they settled there. There's a reason why a lot of these people with a lot of power settle there. You know, those hanging gardens that they talk about when they're in Babylonian captivity, this place is, is amazing. And so the foundation of this place where they're at, uh, that's where it starts. And, And they've got this, this innovation that moves them along, you know, out of, you know, the, cutting stone out of moving rocks. Now they're they're baking bricks. And, and, and there's a couple of things with that too. I mean think about you know how much that's used in today's architecture. You know, we're still bricking homes today. This is we're talking about technology that's you know a generation or two post flood that's yeah. we're still using. I mean and think about that. Um, you know it's it's like if we started dissecting the wheel right? You know, the first people that are starting to use and roll the wheel, you know, we use wheels today. Um, So so that that leaps is is pretty amazing too, to think that, that, that here's where they are. And however, you know, I'm not saying they're the same bricks you got on your house. You know, they may be a primitive form of that. Um, But still, I mean, that this is, this is significant. So lesson one is, is disruptive innovation in and of itself. There's nothing wrong with now as it's what we do with that, right? How, what, what's our intent? What's the thought and intent of our heart? You know, Michael and I say this a lot, you know, throughout this podcast, um, and just in general preaching is the why oftentimes will get you to the what, you know, why are you, are you doing something? If you can get your why right, the what's usually follow. If my why is right, I can usually get to the what I'm doing. Um, and and so the the their why here is is what gets them in trouble
1: yep um you know if you think about the things that they could have done with this innovation the things they could have done with this technology you know your your place of worship and mine is made from brick (laughs) um or or there's a component of its construction they could have built you know houses uh, for more secure structures and safety for for their families they could have built places of worship to God that could have been altars. Um, they, they could have focused on improving lives and human flourishing, which I think is kind of what what business at its best is, is meant to do. Um, but instead what they decided to do was try to make a name for themselves. And, and, and that is not a, that's not an inference. That is a direct. Uh, that was quote. on the wall. It's a mission. Statement. Yeah, that's, a direct, <laughs> that's a direct quote verse four let us make a name for ourselves and so that um I, I think it's that statement that in my mind is is the core to the lesson that that i learned from from babel is just the arrogance of wanting to self-aggrandize um they, they wanted to make a name for themselves that was the purpose of the structure now you, you can um there, there's a lot of biblical scholars who, who will who will tell you that you know the, in in context here and the some of the things in, in in this text will tell you that this this was probably a pagan temple that this wasn't just they' were trying to build some skyscraper but but they had literally abandoned God in this I don't necessarily want to go down that rabbit hole although I think there's some interesting um, conclusions there I, I, I think that the the core of the fact that they wanted to Make a name for themselves that that they were not interested in promoting God, that they weren't interested in helping others. What they're interested in doing is making a name for themselves. And by the way, if we are where we think we are in human history, everybody standing around you're like first cousin anyway. It's not it's not like a, you know. I want them to know me? They, they did, Bob. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean that. That's
0: Aunt Marjorie's like, boy. I
1: mean that one. We like, talking to about. Be, to be a worldwide phenomenon means, at this point, that you had to convince a few of your first and second cousins. It's not we're not. I think, in context, that's a very strange statement to say that they wanted to make a name for themselves. And but I do, but I do. The parallel is how many businesses today operate on the same principle and or, or with the same mission, whether it's stated or not, as directly as 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 these uh, 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 foolish people did. I think that that the, the kernel of that is in a lot of um, a lot of
0: businesses today. So, so I want to I want to throw a, a little curveball here, um, and 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 I don't I, I'm not necessarily getting into the pagan side of the worship here, but let's go back to Genesis one twenty eight, right? It's Genesis one twenty eight. So in, in again, let's let me very very quick sidebar detour. We're under patriarchal law, so there's no Mosaic law yet, there's no Leviticus, there's no Ten Commandments. We're patriarchal law where God speaks directly through the fathers, and that's the law that they have. Now, along the way, we find some nuggets of things that God said you have to do, all right? And and there are kind of some statements that are repeated out there, but we understand what we read here is not the, fullness of what they had as far as law goes, right? We, I think we all understand that, that, that it was more of a direct thing between them and God. But here I think is one of the primary mandates commandments that they had, um, under this patriarchal system, especially early on in Genesis. And it's this, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the, the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree um, with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And, and, and that goes on. But here's, here's what I want to contrast that with. Let's go back here to Genesis 11. So their mission statement, their directive from God is this is what you're about. They said, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make for our names for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the earth. We won't go anywhere, right? I mean, I, that, that's how I read that, is that they said, look, we kind of like it here. And if we build this city and this tower, we'll stay right here, and we're not going to the rest of the earth. We're not going to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth we're going to set up shop right here in Shinar or Shinar, however I've terribly mispronounced biblical names.
1: Uh, And I I would add, I would add to that real quick. You don't have to go all the way back to Genesis one. That's certainly God gives that directive there. He also gives it to Noah in chapter nine, when they step out of the ark, the exact same language. So it's very clear that that was God's intent. Genesis one and Genesis nine. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Right. And, And that's, you know, God doubles down on, on the same command, right? That, this is what they were supposed to be about. So I think you've got some rebellion to God here for sure.
1: Now, no question,
0: whether we want to go down the rabbit trail of, you know, this a pagan tower and all. I, I'm not interested in that, especially for the basis of our conversation this morning. But I think it is, you know, when we craft or create a business or when we get into doing things that are contrary to a primary directive from God we're always going to have problems. Okay. I fully believe that in life. I don't care what you're doing when you're against a primary directive from God. That's a, that's a problem. And so what do we have? New Testament wise, the law we're under is primary directives from God. Well, you know, it's, it's obviously, you know, uh, what Jesus gives in the great commission that, that we're to go forward and, and convert those, Um, We're to tell people about Jesus. We tell a story about Jesus. We are to be good to others, generous, full of kindness, grace, mercy, all of those things. So if we now create a craft or involved in a business that is against those biblical principles, I I think we're, we're set to fail one way or another. So I'm against opening a business that, you know, in, in any way is stopping the promotion of the gospel is any way, you know, Taking advantage of the helpless, um, you know, where, where we should have mercy. Um, taking advantage of widows or, or children who are the weakest. You know, those types of things I, I, I think are, you know, that's another biblical principle. We, we got to be very careful about when we're flying in the face of what God has said.
1: As you, as you go on down and, and building off, off of that point, you know, what what happens when pride and conceit you know, are the core of our mission. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think that it's overgeneralizing to say that God is going to create some confusion and chaos. Mm -hmm. Um, That's certainly what he does here. And, um, you know, the, why is this place called Babel is because God created some chaos. Now he did it to suit his purposes. Um, uh, You know, God's purposes were that these people disperse and ultimately God determined that he was going to have to confuse their languages in order to (laughs) fraud them to do that and and so god's purposes were met but these the arrogance of these people led to their own ruin and to confusion and chaos and i don't know how many examples in in families that that we could point to to say that arrogance and conceit leads to confusion and chaos i would also say in in business arrogance and conceit leads to confusion and chaos and 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 kind of just the last step or point on that is, is I as I think through what what are we supposed to be learning from a business perspective from this account is, is you better be careful with the word legacy. Yeah. Um, that that these 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 builders they wanted to leave a legacy, and and legacy is a word that uh, has a lot of positive connotation in, in our world, not just in business. Um, and so earthly legacy is dangerous. Um, and, and it's easy to spend precious resources chasing it.
0: Yeah. And
1: and that's what these, that's what these guys did. They use, they use the innovation and they obviously put a tremendous amount of time, energy, and resources into, into chasing a legacy to make a name for themselves. Uh, that is, that's easy to do. So, you know, what, what's, what's our legacy is a question we better be, we better be pretty careful with.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's, that, that's the, the piece of this too, that's um, cause for some contemplation here. Right. Is that, you know, when we're crafting that legacy, what, you know, do, do we understand the implications of it? Right. Um, you know, the ancient philosophers said, you know, the only way to be truly immortal is either to be remembered for what you taught or in the lives of those that you teach. Right. So that that's really the only two ways you could be a more. Now, again, these are atheists, right. Uh, but I, there's, there's something to that. I mean, how many, um, you know, how many uh, words and phrases do we have that are just names of people that their legacy has gone awry. Right. Um, that, you know, when you, refer to something. And of course I'm blanking on one right now. The only one that comes to mind because I played a lot of golf over the last three days is a mulligan, you know? So, so who's the guy that cheated on the golf course all the time that it became famous that you're a mulligan. Right. But there are words like that dispersed all throughout our English language. That's, that's really a reference back to somebody that made some colossal mistake along the way. Um, In in business, we talk about um, not really a, a, well, maybe a person the Etzel. You know, every I don't I don't know anybody that's been through, you know, a, a business curriculum in college that, that doesn't know the story of Edsel. Um, so there's these, you know, legacies that people tried to create that that went south in a hurry. Right. Um, so, so what is that? What, what is our legacy? Is our legacy, you know, what and what we're known for? Um, we've got to be careful if it's if it's a grandiose earthly thing that has a lot of earthly consequences, um, without the spiritual, uh, you know, I, we got to be kind of careful what you wish for there. Um, but, you know, the, the funny thing is, as you say that too, you know, about half of my job is is what we call legacy planning or estate planning, right? I help people, you know, when you get to throughout the, the, the course of your life, there, there's kind of three phases. There's, you know, accumulation where you're just working, trying to save money so that you can retire. There's distribution where you're taking money that you saved and living off of it, not working for somebody. And then there's the last page, which is what we call legacy is how, all right, I've lived off all the money I'm ever going to need. How do I pass this on to my children, to my grandchildren, to, um, you know, maybe, uh, nonprofits that I'm interested in, but, but how do I now I've had all my fill now, how do I continue to leave that, that behind for somebody else? Or, or what do I do there? And, and those conversations are very, very interesting um, to have in the office, right? So I have some people that I meet with and I work with that they don't want to leave anything behind. You know, I, I've got a guy that, that I love that for 20 years has told me, Mike, I hope my last check bounces. You know, I want to spend it all on my way out. Hope that last check bounces. I've got other people that consistently, do without and spend less because they're worried about wanting to leave some behind for their kids and wanting to leave behind the most they can for their kids. So they would rather not do everything they want to do in retirement because they're worried about leaving that behind. And I've got everything in between um, as far as clients go. But the point of that is, is, is all of us, when we sit down and we think about that word legacy, we all have a different picture in mind. And, you know, I, I think, Genesis 11 here really screams that we need to really have our mind around what that means and, and what that legacy is. Because if it's it's all about me and and I've got to put my stamp on the earth and everybody to look at me and remember me, I, I think we're, we're going to make some decisions that, that lead us in bad places. Yeah, the writer
1: of Ecclesiastes would have something to say about that, I think, also, right, that, you know, we're, we're not going to – we're not remembered – and and if that if that causes us um if, if the fact that we're not going to be remembered in a couple of generations if that if that really just causes us a lot of angst and, and sadness is probably a good window into our soul like what are we what what is what legacy whose legacy are we trying to leave yeah you know, I, if, if, if if go ahead
0: i wish i could put my finger on the verse, but uh um I want to put it on the wall in my office, is that everything that you saved, the next person will spend frivolously. Um, yes. He says it a lot more eloquent than that. <laughs> you know, I, sometimes when we, you know, we get this picture in our mind of what what we think, uh, but your point, you know, uh, what, what do you really intend in, in that legacy and whose legacy are you leaving?
1: You know, I, if you want to leave a legacy, make a disciple, right? That yep. that I think that's the the overarching point, and, and not a disciple of Michael, um, but that, that the only legacy the only legacy worth leaving, um, you know. And, and also, also if if we catch ourselves in this in this trap of trying to leave a legacy, if we catch ourselves in this trap of Babel, of wanting to make a name for ourselves, um, and we find that God is coming down to confuse our efforts that's grace and we should we should probably we're, we're never going to notice that in the moment but in retrospect we should probably recognize that as mercy that be, we should be glad when god defeats that effort because every every time that our legacy grows our our uh our earthly legacy grows our uh, our opportunity for pride and our uh, heaven gets a little dimmer,
0: and, and I think not only that, but we've got to understand. Um, maybe it's some of the defeats. Uh, you know, it, it's not God, right? God's not showing up at at modern tomorrow morning and saying, "All right, Michael, I'm going to mess up the shipments tonight because you guys are are, are off here." That's not going to happen. But I think what happens is we have these failures along the way, and you know. When we have failures, what we what, what I believe we should always do is, is have an autopsy of the failure. Right. All right. What went wrong here? Why did it go wrong? And should we even be doing this? You know, that introspection can kind of help us get back on track to say, is this really a you know, a mercy from God that this whole thing blew up before we got too far down the road? You know, is this you know, is this providence that, hey, maybe this isn't where we ought to be? Um, let's go back and unpack this thing too often when we have failures in business, we're very quickly to just try to put a bandaid on it to get it passed, or we're just going to muscle through instead of, you know, and and again, I understand time is of the essence and all that stuff, but you know, one of the goals here and and, and what we're trying to do in this entire study is to do an autopsy of others' failures to, to try to see what lessons we can learn. But that lesson's also true for us in business today. Do an autopsy of every one of your failures to find out why. Well, what went bad here and how can I be better the next time? Because I think if you don't, you're just doomed to keep making the same mistakes.
1: And and sometimes that's it's really hard to determine, you know, it, it, it was this is this is this failure for uh, was, this, was this time and chance? Was this failure for uh, a purpose? Is it better that I failed? Was I was all on the path to lose my family and lose my um, spirituality? If this was successful, was I going to get wrapped up in a vortex of making a name for myself and and lose the things that are really important? Was this was this God confusing the language um, so that I could do His will? That's ultimately what we said happened here at Babel, right? He came down to confusing the language so the people would would do His will. Um, but that, that's, that's really hard to, to determine. Um, and, and I think all we all we can do reasonably, you know, we could probably look back at the end of our lives and, and make that determination. That's, that's extraordinarily hard to do in the moment to have that clarity. Um, but I think what we can do is take all of those opportunities to, as you said, do the autopsy and reflect. Am I on the right path? Do I need to go down this path again? And, and the other thing I would say about failure is that that should cause us like I think all of us and you and I would do this um, or have done this, man, we internalize failure. This is a, this is a flaw in me. Like I have, I have failed. I am of lesser value because of this. Um, and, and like we, we refuse to accept the fact there may be some uh, o- overarching, even spiritual factors going into to what's going on in our, in our lives.
0: Yeah. The, the, the difficult okay. thing about, you know, an autopsy is, is you got to cut it back. Um, you know, and it hurts. Uh, n- no question. It hurts.
1: But you gotta um, be dead. That's also hard. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm mixing <laughs> your metaphors. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that's where the metaphor dies. Um, but in here it's, you know, it's, it's difficult. I, it, it's, I think it's hard for us to be, um, completely honest and transparent with ourselves. Most of it, most of all, you know, uh, I know with me, that's always a hard thing. I don't really want to, you know, face within myself what what the issue is. Right. I'll, I'll internalize it all day long, but it's hard for me to say like, you know, I couldn't have done this better. Like, this is just something I shouldn't have been doing because, you know, I I always think there's a, there's another way or I could have been better or, or whatnot, but it's, those are difficult, hard questions that, that I think have to be asked and have to be answered honestly, um, if, if we really want to improve um, and, and, and be better. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy, <laughs> it's not easy at all. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's funny, sometimes we sit in opportunities like this and, and guys like you and me tell people to do stuff um, as if academically sitting in this classroom, it's, it's super easy to do, um, but full disclosure, this stuff's brutal. I mean, when you have to go back and dissect the failure, when you have to go back and peel back all the layers of, you know, what did I do and what role did I play in this? Um, and should I even have been doing this in the first place? Maybe the, the correct answer is I should have just never been there. Um, you know, I, 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 the only analogy that comes to mind right now is, you know, I think when I teach um, young people, high school kids, that, you know, we talk about being careful what situations you put yourself in. You know, if lust is is an issue for you, which if you're a, you know, teenage boy with testosterone running through your veins, lust is an issue for you.
1: You say it is even if you think it ain't
0: right. It it, a hundred percent is. Um, So it's probably a bad idea to be alone (laughs) with a young lady. And there's going to be no chance of supervision. I can assure you things are going to go wrong. And when you do the autopsy of what went wrong, it's, you know, well, you know, we just got carried away and it happened too fast. No, what, what the problem was, you were alone. <laughs> there was no supervision. There was nothing to stop you from doing things that you shouldn't have been doing. That was the problem. You should have never entered into the situation. It wasn't that you all should have been, you know, doing something different. It was that you should have never put yourself in a situation to fail. Uh, that sometimes the best way to prevent bad things from happening is never get involved with them in the first place. Uh, is to create some, some safety nets and barriers here. And, and I think that's, that's where, you know, if we go back with the autopsy of the Tower of Babel is, you know, maybe we, somebody should have stopped the conversation when they said, we're going to build our own city and make this legacy for ourselves. Maybe if somebody in the crowd would have said, but wait, aren't we supposed to be multiplying and spreading to the whole fullness of the earth? Isn't that our directive from God? Maybe instead of setting up roots here, we should keep doing that. And I don't think we're they're in the the boat that they're in there. But you know, who knows? Maybe something else happens and the language gets confused.
1: Yeah, in that you know, in that in that autopsy that we that we've talked about, it requires us. And this is kind of the whole point of of when we started to do these podcasts that we're talking about is it requires us to kind of put a to look at our business um, look at our business lives with spiritual glasses and that is uncomfortable to do. Um, and that, that's basically what we're asking. That's the whole premise of what we're talking about is, is these guys didn't look at their business adventure in Babel with spiritual glasses. And, and it's, it's very easy to, to try to compartmentalize and avoid doing that. If we, if we did it and maybe it takes an autopsy for us to do it, maybe it takes one of those failures for us to realize it. And even then it's difficult as we said, but, um, if, if we're truly looking at our, at our business life, with spiritual glasses, we'll, we'll realize that man, legacy's is dangerous and overrated. And, um, how can I, how can I help somebody else and, uh, promote, promote, uh, promote the will of God and help others in what I'm doing. If I can do that, um, this 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 business adventure can have some spiritual impact, also.
0: Yeah, for 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 long time uh, viewers that were here back in the beginning, which I think uh, consists of both of our mothers. Uh, love you, love. We had a a Venn diagram up that was this exact point, right? This is where we started with all of this. Is you know, many people what they do is there's you know there, there's work, Michael. There's church, Michael. And there's home Michael. And those aren't all the same guy at the same time. Those Venn diagrams don't overlap. But what we understand is, is is all of our lives, I don't care what circles you draw, all of it belongs to God. And so, you know, in those overlaps, in those intersections of, you know, work and church and home and all of those things, you know, if we're not looking at everything through spiritual glasses, if we're not looking at it all through the lens, we're messing up because we're, we're really not three different people or five or how many circles you try to draw to silo your life. We're one. And it's just as important that I'm plugged into God when I'm in the office, as it is when I'm at the house, as it is when I'm at the church building, right? All of those, I've got to be the same plugged in guy. I just may be doing different things while I'm there. Um, you know, I I don't think I'm going to, you know, do a whole lot of financial planning, uh, you know, with the church building, uh, but you know, occasionally I do get to preach at work, right? Um, if I can get enough people to listen to me, it, we've got to have that same, you know, outset. And as we look at these these biblical stories, that that's what we're trying to get get our our audience here to do. Um, and we hope maybe you you've taken some of these things that we've talked about you know, over the last, you know, weeks and months, and, and it's made you better at work, made you a better employee, made you a better manager, made you a better owner, wherever you fall in that org chart. Um, I, I think these these types of lessons, uh, this type of insight can help you to be better and, and to grow closer to God. We are at a stop, um, you know, for, for the morning, both of us have, uh, have some things we've got to get to, um, but, you know, just a, a quick recap. Um, Innovation and technology, even if it's disruptive, dis- disruptive is not always bad. Um, it, it's our intent behind what we do with that. Um, we, we need to be careful that we don't um, confuse uh, business goals and God's goals when they conflict. Um, one of those has to go away. And legacy goals, we need to be careful what we want that legacy to be. Is, is it a spiritual legacy? Is it a physical legacy? If, if I spend my whole life worried about me, and, and, and what I'm doing and every, I need everybody to look at me, um, I'm, I'm probably way off spiritually um, as where I need to be. Um, and, and then finally, um, kind of as, as we close there at the end, uh, you know, that, that autopsy of, of our failures, that uh, looking deeper into these things can help us uh, learn some lessons. And so with that in mind, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep working backwards. I, I don't know how we started on this trend, but we're gonna keep working backwards um, and look at um, either uh, we're gonna take a peek at Cain uh, and Abel a little bit or Adam next time. We're uh, we're still bantering that back and forth, um, but maybe we do you know the whole uh, Adam and Eve family uh, and, and look at some principles there. But uh, we we'll look forward to trying that again next week. Any closing thoughts, Mr. Ray? There's only so far backwards we can go.
1: I think that that this uh this journey has an end. At some point we're <laughs> gonna to have to progress.
0: True. True. But we will uh I think it fully encompassed Genesis uh here within the next few weeks.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh enjoyed it as always. Thanks for your thoughts. God bless.
0: Thank you all for joining
1: in and uh we'll see you next time.